Hello and welcome to the Australians Teach English podcast. My name is Glenn and I'm the owner and director of the Australians Teach English Institute. And here with me today on the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners is my co-host Ariana. How are you today, Ariana? I'm kind of sleepy, but I'm really fine. I don't know. Excellent. I'm well, thank you. That's great. What about that, you, Glenn? I'm I'm well, thank you very much. After after a morning of of teaching, I'm 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 very well. I'm very well. <laughs> And we actually we have a very special guest. She has a, a really interesting story. She's 50% Shanky from the United States, 50%, 50% Argentinian, and now 50% Australian. <laughs> But she's she's 150% human and 150% true blue Aussie now. So welcome to the show, Melanie. Hello, Melanie. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Audie. Thanks for having me today. No, no worries. Where, where, where are you? Where are you from at the moment, Melanie? At the moment, I am sitting in my office of my house in Mount Helena, which is in the eastern hills, um, the Swan Hills of Perth, about 50, 60 kilometers east. There you go. There you go. And, and, and what land is that on? Whose land is well, that? Well, I'll, I'll quickly um, say uh, I would like to acknowledge that I am living and meeting on the Buja of the Wajak people of the Noongar Nation. And I acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Uh, this land was never ceded and we have a lot of unfinished business here. And as a quick little um, trivia, Buja means um, like mother, but in the sense of the earth is our mother. And I, sort of think about when I when I think about it I think of Pachamama because Pachamama is a very I've grew up knowing about Pachamama so it's sort of the same thing I, well to me anyways <laughs> yes so so in 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 Australia where when you go to a to a formal ceremony or a formal meeting or, or something like this these days we have what we call a, a welcome to country introduction this is this is what what we would call something that now might be the true blue part of our of our of our culture now in Australia and, and hopefully it becomes becomes more more normalized. I don't even know what what country we are on here in Buenos Aires. Um, the, the Mapuche or something like that. But mm. I think um, um, I don't it could be a good trend. Know. Could be a new trend yeah. in Argentina. Start it. Yeah, I, I think I think that probably the history here is perhaps well in colonial history in general it's pretty it's pretty brutal. It's pretty um, dark. It's pretty it's, pretty, it's dark. pretty dark. And and we have every every time at about this time of the year coming up to Australia Day, which is on the 26th of January, we we have these types of conversations. Um, because on the 26th of January, we, we celebrate or maybe more, more accurately commemorate Australia Day, which was the arrival of the, of the first fleet, um, the, 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 the British colony in, in Sydney. And so, so this is very similar to, to what the Americas would think of perhaps as, as Columbus Day or something like yep. this. So it has yeah. a very, very similar controversial aspect to it. Yeah, it sounds really weird to me because uh, 
we don't want to know anything about uh, Columbus or uh, Spanish people here, <laughs> let's say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have like our Independence Day and that's it. We don't have like the day that we were colonized. So I don't know, it's like cultural or something, but it, it sounds weird to me. I thought that uh, when you say the 28th or January, um, it was like a day of the independence, the independence day, let's say, but it is, and I'm, I'm kind of confused. Yes, but the, but but this is because in, in the Americas, most countries in the Americas are, are republics. So there is sort of a different, a different kind of cultural aspect to this, whereas Australia is not a republic. Um, te technically, we're still a part of the, we're a constitutional monarchy with, with Britain, more or less. We have our own high court and, and really there are no legal jurisdiction from, from the queen. But technically, technically she, she is still, the queen is still our head of state. So that, so that would be like, that would be like Argentina or a country in the Americas, any country in the Americas still having their head of state as the, the king of Spain. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah, and and more recently, we've we've been hearing the term Invasion Day. Invasion Day. <laughs> because yeah. Because it's kind of the Invasion Day of Australia. But yeah, I think that the the one of the reasons why it's a little bit different, and myself being a person who was born and raised in California, whole family in Argentina, I you know studied um. Spanish literature and, and Latino studies and, and um, Chicano studies. And it is such a strange thing. But once I went to law school here in Australia, I realized why it is the way that it is. We have a different narrative in Australia. In the US, there was a big independence. In Argentina, there was a big independence. It happened not once, but twice when the British tried to come in, we kicked them out too. You know, so, the, so it was, we have this sense of an independence day versus Australia, the actual Independence Day, no one really knows it. It's actually May of two, 1986. Yeah, and, and we, and we <laughs> yeah, and it's not really because we, we don't care about it. No, I think probably Federation Day would be would be more widely known, which is the, technically the first of January 1901, which is which is when when all the different colonies in Australia decided to become a federation, what we know now as Australia, the Commonwealth of Australia, joined together to have a federal, a federal government. Um, yeah. But we, yeah, I have a lot of questions right now. <laughs> Go for it. Start. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you like ruled by the prime minister of uh, <laughs> ruled? <England> or... <laughs> no, 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 not by England. No, no, no. no. Ruled okay. by we the prime, prime ruled by the prime minister of Australia. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, sort of. Each state has its own its its own um, jurisdictions for a lot of things. Yeah. But the prime minister of Australia has certain rights as the prime minister in the executive branch. But for a lot of things, we're actually ruled by our uh, governor. Our uh, what do you premier. Call premier. 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 Sorry, we call them governors in America. Because <laughs> the governor general doesn't actually do much in Australia. No, besides he signs, signs papers. And, and he talks and he signs papers and he meets up with them, with yeah. the queen. It's mostly the, the, the premiers, and which are the equivalent of 
governor. So el gobernador de la provincia, it would kind of be like that, oh, except okay. we're called states. Yeah. But we kind of function like provinces. So it's it's just confusing me a little bit. And at the moment, we kind of have a little bit of a problem in Australia where you could argue that we're not ruled by the prime minister. We're ruled by Hillsong church which is another which is another which is another problem 70 or 80 percent of the ministers in our federal government are actually a part of this clan or cult no, I say that. yeah i'm not a part I, I can't do federal stuff i i have um uh, dual citizenship with the us and i think and i'm pretty sure and i've looked into it because both my parents are argentine constitutionally i'm Argentine. I've, I've gone to Argentina several times and I've had people in immigration go, why do you come in an American passport? So Argentina, get that. And I'm just yeah. like, well. so that's, but, that, but that's why I introduced you. You're a hundred, you're 150% person. You're 50% Shanky. You're 50% Australian. You're 50% Argentinian. But I, I would, yeah. I would consider, I would consider you a true blue. I would consider you a yes. true blue Australian now. I have become a true blue Australian. Well, so how, I, how I'm did how did you become a how did you become a true blue Australian? You know, it's funny because when I was 15, you know, when you're a teenager and you just want to, oh, life's so hard. You want to escape home and your high school sucks. Everything sucks, you know? And uh, you're all into surfing, of course, and you buy the surfing magazines, you know. And I just got obsessed with Australia when I was 15. I, I would tell my best friend, like, I'm gonna move to Australia one day. Then forgot about it because I went to UC Santa Cruz and moved up north. I love Northern California. And then one thing led to another and I met my husband and I didn't see Simon for many years. And then I came to Sydney and we met up and one thing led to another and then we got married about six months later. So I became Aussie, <laughs> but we had been friends for a lot of years. The disclaimer, we'd been friends on the internet for about four years and we did meet in person because this was before Facebook, I'm that old. MySpace. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm so happy they deleted that. MySpace. Did you dress in black? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I still dress in black, so. Yeah. I mean, Ariana is too young for MySpace, but we, 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 you and I are definitely the MySpace generation. I used to know. I MySpace. Yeah, Ariana, you're too young for MySpace. Oh, you don't understand. We learned how to code as teenagers. We learned yeah. how to make what colors, music. You could put your music on your homepage. You could put little flashing things in the background. <laughs> give someone my like, bloody seizure from flashing lights. <laughs> it was crazy. We don't have that kind of like, no, creativity I, allowance anymore. No, I think that there's a bit of a nostalgia for MySpace. Maybe it might make. I know. I know. Well, hmm, maybe comeback. I do want it back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, so then you met your husband, and and then so, so you met him in Sydney again. But then, where did you go after that? And then, well, I, well, we got we we met up again in Sydney after four years, um, which I'm just gonna, you know, parentheses. When we met, I was 19. He was about whatever three years older. I can't do maths right now. Um, <laughs> I was on 22. my way. To <laughs> that he still had hair. He hadn't gone bald yet. So, anyways, um, so he and his friends, his two best friends, which fast forward to the future, one was our witness for our civil matrimony and the other one was the best man at our more formalized um ceremony with our family with my family and so it is his two best friends so him and his two best friends and i was on my way to sydney uh, no sorry stop on my way to barcelona to visit my best friend at the time in barcelona 
and we met by chance at the London Heathrow Airport. I've never been to England. I was just there for nine hours. And then by chance, two weeks later, we met in the Barcelona airport again, to which they were going to kick him and his friend out because they were being rowdy. And also they didn't understand his English. And I was like, look, I can translate. I was like, no los echen, pobrecitos. Yo voy traduzco y, you know, I vuelvo. So I'm going over there and, okay, hey, I need to translate for you because I'm about to kick you out. It's like 5 a.m., you know. And so I'm like, hey, I said I need to translate for you. And he turns around blind, which... You know what that means in Australian. Drunk. Blind drunk. Yes. <laughs> blind. And um, missing a tooth. And I thought, oh, my God. Aren't you that Simon Johnson guy I met two weeks ago? And he goes, Melly, 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 Melly. And he's shaking me. I found you. And I was like, oh, my God, don't touch me. Aren't you, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you? And his friend's jaw just dropped. And I was like, what do you mean you found me? Apparently, he went looking for me. Wow. And know. then you found so him drunk, him. blind drunk in, on the way to Barcelona. I know. And I translated what a, for him. What a and I got my coffee. I gave him my email address. He went off to Beer Fest, I think it was. Naturally. How romantic. <laughs> I went back to Santa Cruz. That's the most, he said rom- he was- <laughs> <laughs> That's the most romantic he he thing I've ever me. heard. <laughs> yeah. I met him on the way to a Beer Fest and he was missing a tooth. And no one could understand what he was saying. I was on my way home. I was on my way home. I had to go back to uni. Um, <laughs> and he said he'd come over to visit, but the economy crashed that year, 2008. So he lost his job in Newman and had to sit at home. And and so then, so then you went back to study. And what did you, what did you finish with your studies? Well, I did, um, I got like, you know, triple major or three bachelors or however you want to call that um one in art focus on photography one in literature focus in um, spanish literature latino and chicano studies and the last one was in language studies focus on romantic languages because i speak and i studied various languages so english spanish french italian a little bit of portuguese catalan but like you know as much as i could i, I i'm not like extremely fluent in it i need to like practice you know how it goes yeah so you only study a little bit by the sound of it you don't you don't really no i did i did like french for three years i did oh, no, I'm Italian joking. For three years. <laughs> you might you might you might be a true blue aussie but you might not have picked up my my sarcasm there so oh I'm, no i was like oh, <laughs> that's a part that's the american part of me where i yeah, still yeah, go yeah i know i love doing that i love doing that to my to my friends here from the states they the, the, the Argentinians, I think that's one thing that I really like about the Argentinian humor is very, very similar to the Australian yes, humor. That's exactly they, what I said when I moved here. They know exactly when you are being sarcastic. Exactly. I know, but see, it's, it's in English. Had you been saying it in Spanish, I would have caught it. Interesting. So your, so your humor changes in different, your sense of humor changes in different languages. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When I'm angry, I'm thinking in Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) So would you say that Spanish is an angrier language or just Argentinian Spanish is an angrier language? No, I just think it's me. I just think it's because it's my mother tongue. Mm. All right. Yeah. Okay. So so I think Spanish has like very insults than English. So probably better. Mean bases. Are you kidding me? I, I think I think better. I think Argentinian Spanish definitely has very good insults. Definitely oh, yeah. good insults. I think I think Australian English does have good insults, but perhaps if you yeah. haven't grown up with it, 
we don't understand it. You probably wouldn't have that same range. Whereas I think Argentinian Spanish and Australian English are probably on par with, yeah. with insults and the create and the creativity with with the insults. <laughs> so I agree. Yeah. So that yeah. that is one thing. But you you are our first truly bilingual, truly bilingual guest on the show. So you grew up speaking English and and Spanish. So so you grew up in in California, but your family was Argentinian. So what what was that like, actually growing up in a bilingual household? Actually, it's yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I would always refer to my house as like little Argentina. You know how you have little Italy, little <laughs> little Argentina, little Buenos Aires, little Buenos Aires. You know, because um, yeah, always Spanish at home. The television was always in Spanish. In fact, my parents paid the extra bit to have direct TV, to get Telefe. <laughs> so we'd not, watch the not, news. Not to get Chronica. The Argentine news I, in our I, house. I would, I would travel the world with Chronica. With Chronica. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is before we had So what does El Clarín think about this? And you can like look it up on the website. We didn't have that. So it was always well, Spanish at home. Well, you probably didn't. I drank need, latte my whole life. You probably don't even need the internet to know what Claren is thinking or the La Nacion. It's kill, kill everyone. <laughs> kill everyone. Except, oh, except, except for our unborn babies. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. Those, well, well, yeah. Actually, funny you mentioned that. I have, I have done a, a, a media comparative analysis and I, I, uh, I did get, oh, I always try when I do research and I don't, Sometimes it's done deliberately, and sometimes it's just I can't help myself. I'm, I'm curious. Um, I try to do like comparative analysis about sort of the Western worlds because Argentina is sort of a Western country, but it just speaks Spanish. So I like to bring that into a lot of my research as well because yeah, no, you you, you get a different perspective, you get a Hispanic perspective of the Western world because I think a lot of the times we tend to forget that countries in the Latin, in the, you know, the Latin American countries exist. And so, yeah, because I have the ability to be able to read and write in Spanish and understand the deeper meanings between the lines and stuff, I, I try to incorporate that. But it's funny that you mentioned that, but yeah, I have done research with El Clarín. Yeah. <laughs> Compare yeah. them to Al, Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's probably, I guess, maybe, perhaps sort of the equivalent of Fox News or something like that, I guess. Oh, I, I don't really like to yeah. look into no. the media. I no, I think, I think in most parts of the world, uh, in, well, in all parts of the world, you have to be, be sort of very careful and, and take, take in your sources very, very broadly to get a big perspective. Oh, so, it's always good to read different avenues and see how they're framing the story, the same story over and over again, and then yes. get your own. That's what I do. I think that's why I don't like watching the news. <laughs> yeah, it's probably, unless you're actually studying the language, then it's probably, it's not really recommended. I, I, like, watching, I like watching the news in Spanish because it helps me to actually, helps me to learn things. I've learned a lot from watching Chronica. And that's a little yeah. bit different. And that's a little bit different because that's more entertainment than it is news. Oh yeah. If, yeah. if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to learn bizarre things in Spanish, then I can recommend you you watch Chronica TV. If you can stream, you can stream that on the internet on YouTube. So if you yeah. are interested in learning Spanish and you are interested in sort of 
thinking, well, this is a little bit strange, then watch Chronica. <laughs> watch Chronica. Yeah. You're guaranteed to be entertained. <laughs> I, it's true. It's true. When Simon went over yeah. there, my Bia, she always has the television on. You know, she's like in her late 70s. And um, I don't remember what shenanigans was going on, but it was like something from America. <laughs> And it was just like Gronica TV. And you know how they they have that those those big like alert. Da 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 da. And Simon's like, Mel, Mel, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And then like <laughs> he just thought it was something like big, you know, he thought it was an alert. And I was like, no, nah, it's just Gronica, dude. Like they always do. That. Oh, like during, yeah. I mean, the, they were having a field day at the start of the quarantine here. They had they had so many like the banner headlines that were just that were just ridiculous. So like there would be people trying to go through like different different checkpoints and things like this. And so and so there would be they would be interviewing people that had like really terrible excuses like oh my my dad's a my dad's a really important person so on the on the banner headline it would be like she says call 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 my dad <laughs> all these all these things on the oh, on the banner headlines or there would yeah. I think I think one they probably run out of news to report and one time there was a cat that got stuck on the wall and so they were reporting the movements of the of the cat up in the up in the tree so that's kind of the that's, that's kind of the level of the news that they that's hilarious yeah you might have actually seen the news about my auntie my auntie was um she got permissions her my auntie and her two young children got permission to leave buenos aires to go back to Villa mercedes in san luis but of course naturally when she got there she didn't have permission to come in but they didn't have anywhere to quarantine her. So they, they stuck her in a jail cell for like a couple of days. And she was freaking out, was like calling the department, you know, the health department and that department. And no one was listening. So that my doesn't sound like Argentina. Got all. it on the news. My uncles got it on the news. And because it came out on the news, they're like, Gladys, blah, 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 stuck yeah. in, the, in the children. And then the next thing you know, oh, she got a fancy room with like, food and, and now everyone's saying oh no now she's being well looked after You're so well she can quarantine her. for two weeks yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was like yes we're famous <laughs> yeah that, that's 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 one way to get things moving correctly is, is to get the is to get the news get the news yep. on board <laughs> yeah so so then that, you you've yes ariana i know i was going to talk about chronic again because i really love it <laughs> i think that the best news that they have is when they put like alert alert there are, I don't know, 500 days missing for winter. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think that's the news. Falta noventa días para invierno. You know, that's the thing. Like, I grew up watching that. So it was, like, normal to me, even though I was in America. Um, yeah, so it was, yeah, growing up in Los Angeles, but it was mini Buenos Aires. And, and I would go to school. And I had lots of friends who were Hispanic of all kinds and sorts, you know, from Mexico, from El Salvador, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on, you know, all the Latin American countries, very colorful place, California. And, um, and yeah, so I just, I, I grew up speaking both languages. And fun fact, there was this, um, La Escuela Argentina at the USC, so University of Southern California. It's like a flash uni in California in the middle of the hood, but that doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and I got sent there every Saturday from 9 a.m. until 1 p.m., you know, in our little uniforms to go and learn everything except for science and math because that's the same curriculum everywhere, but language and history and 
social justice and ethics, you know, geography, which is something they don't really teach that often in the U.S. unless you elect <laughs> geography. So I went to an Argentine school in Los Angeles to learn geography. So it was the only way. That was the only way you could learn geography in the United States. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, it really, I, truly was. I actually did a stand-up routine where um, with with our other with. And using that as, as a part of my stand-up routine, actually, because our friend Rebecca, who has been on this show before, she said to me, she said to me, Glenn, um, she was looking at the map of the world and she said to me, Glenn, how, how, how did you, how did you get to, how did you get to Argentina? And I said, what do you mean by, by plane? And, and she said, but Australia is on one side of the map and and Argentina is on the other side of the map. And I said, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? And she, she was like, well, which, which, which way did you go? And I said, well, I went from Perth to Sydney to, from Sydney to Chile, from Chile to, and she, oh, and that, <laughs> and she's a very intelligent person. But, you know, <laughs> but because, because, because the, the world map ends, ends at New Zealand, you can't possibly fly in that. You can't oh, possibly fly in that direction. You have to go around the other. You have it to must be flat as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can fall off the edge of the map. Yeah. The, the big, there's a big was ice that, wall there or something. Was it Ronald Daw, Roald Daw that Roald wrote, Daw. Uh, was it Roald Daw? No, I think it was the other famous poet. Oh, but he's got the same illustration from Roald Daw who wrote, um, was it the edge of the sidewalk? You know, did, did ah, you remember no, I haven't read that. No. You'll have to, you'll have to, you'll have to send oh, I'll that. I'll have to, to look me. it up. He's an amazing poet. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I'm not very good with names, maybe Dr. Zeus. I always remember faces. Thanks to Facebook. I got better at names. Isn't that weird? There you go. There you go. Cause so I you... memorized your face and then your name's next to it. So I have to, I remember it it's photographic. There you go. So you finish, you finished studying your, your different language sort of elements at, at university. And you came back to Sydney and, and you married and you married your husband. And then kind of. Kind yeah. of well, yeah, we, did, we went did, up and then was he missing he more came. teeth when you saw no. him the next time? I don't know. No, he actually had his cap on, so it was good. <laughs> it was funny for many years. Yeah. Uh, did you study uh, at university in the United States, in Argentina, in Australia, or and how in free of why? Wow. So you studied in all three places. All yeah, so I went to UC Santa Cruz, so University of California, Santa Cruz, um, which is just a little bit south of um, San Francisco, if you can kind of imagine that on the map. And then I did a study abroad for six months, and I went to La Universidad de Belgrano. And then I graduated, um, which is when we met up with Simon literally one term before I graduated. And that's why I sort of went our both ways for like 10 weeks. And then he came back to my graduation, met my family, helped me move out of my apartment, drive the stuff back to LA, which is like a, I don't know, 300 mile drive or something. Um, so he was very patient. And then I came here on the famous work and holiday visa. I was supposed to be a backpacker and I was, I wouldn't say too posh, but it was just like, you want me to do what now? You want me to pick fruit? Like, <laughs> I'm a tutor. I don't, 
I don't know how to do that. I'm not picking I'm, fruit. I'm a white woman. Not... I speak English. I'm not meant to be doing these things. No, is, I mean, is that I what you said? Houses. No, no. I mean, I cleaned houses and I, I actually worked as um, an assistant for for somebody and, and, and I learned how to brick lay. Like bricks? So I, I'm a, a bricky. A br- there you go. A bricky. bricky. That was great. <laughs> it's the best one I've ever made. I was like, oh my God. So did a little bit of bricky work. How did your back feel um, after a day of doing that? My back was nothing. I got carpal tunnel on my hand. And after a while, <laughs> this is like, I had, I had applied to UW and I was waiting for my acceptance to the JD program, to the, to the Juris Doctorate for law. Okay, so the, hang, hang, hang on a minute. UW. Yeah. University of Western Australia. There you go. So, so, there, yeah. so there you go. In, in Australia, when there is a W, often we just say dub. No point saying A at the end. Exactly. So, for example, Western Australia, where you are now, where I'm from, we might not even say WA. We would say WA. <laughs> we would pronounce it like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you can imagine me having to spell out my name, it, my last name. I'm like, it's Walrick. Of course, they want to write Warwick. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, 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 it's Wawrik. So it's uh-huh. W-A-W-R-I-K. No, no chance. And so when I get to the second W, they think I've actually started over. Yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. no. There's no another chance. W after the A, and then R, and then they're like, oh, R-I-C-K. No, no, I, no, I never said C. Yeah, Drop yeah. the C. Okay, it just it, it, it yeah. So even though happen. even though you're speaking English and you're a what we would call a native a native English speaker, there was lots of problems, <laughs> lots of problems for you when you. When they see my name, they're like Melanie, but it has a Y and an E at the end. So it's like, <laughs> Melanie, yay, Melania. Melania. Like, where did you get they from? Yeah. There's no. <laughs> Every time I'm like, so, my mother's so, so what so what did what did you go to study at UW? So yeah, so I went there. Um, it was kind of like meant to be because I had applied to several universities in the US to you know masters and PhD programs for Spanish literature because I was really good at it. And my teachers were encouraging me to to possibly be a, a Spanish professor at one stage or hopefully one day. And had a lot of doors closed in my face. And I came here, I applied to one single university to a JD program, which is- What's a JD program? Juris Doctorate. So What is um, that? uh, I always say this, you know, when a doctor, a medical doctor gets an MD, a medical doctorate? Well, the JD is what a lawyer gets. Uh, Yeah. So it's an extra bit of study for a lawyer. Well, see, this is this is all changed. See, when I first got here, I was first or second cohort that was starting to copy the U.S. form. So in the U.S., that's been it's you always do an undergrad unrelated to law, and then and you then you go to grad school and do your okay. JD. So when I came here, a lot of my classmates had done their uh, not LLBs, but like their bachelors in law mm-hmm. and then we're coming into so i was competing against a lot of very smart kids who had been learning law for many many years and here is me i studied a bunch of languages and photography yay <laughs> yeah and then going into the into the law program so studying law in in australia is a little bit is a little bit different in a lot of places in the world you study an undergraduate usually an arts degree and then do and then do a law degree whereas in australia it's more common to straight to go straight into a law degree 
and then after you finish I think forget five five or six years then you do it you do an extra little bit which is what's called letters which is basically working in a law firm or with other lawyers to to actually get the technical skills in whatever yeah. whatever area of being a lawyer and it's changed it's changed in the last eight years now they're it's looking more like the u.s where it's you know and so a big part really- a big part of that is because australia has probably produced too many lawyers and there's not enough actual training spots for for them to go that's been a big big problem people yeah. have come out with with law degrees and they can't actually use them that's been a big big problem yeah. in australia well, i mean you can use a law degree for many things i always i think that my calling has always been education and teaching Naturally, when I came here on my on my <laughs> working holiday visa, I chose to have my own tutoring business. I think the, the, the immigration laws has changed since, but at the time it was okay for me to get an ABN and be a sole trader. And for the last eight years, I've had my own tutoring business and I've been subcontracted by various um, tutoring companies. And I work and I help kids of all kinds, all ages, get better at what it is that they need help with. But I like to specialize in additional needs. So now, so now you teach. Now you teach Spanish. Is that correct? Is that your main job? As well, <laughs> no, actually, it's a volunteer job. But I love it. I have some amazing students, and I, I just, yeah, it's a calling, man. I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> So I'm still trying to get I'm still trying to get you to that point where how is it that you started living in Mount Helena? That's like I said, that's I, I, mean, I met yeah. Simon in Sydney, went back, graduated, came back in July um, on a work and holiday visa straight into Perth. I mean, I'd never even been in Perth. I had been to Sydney and I flew into Perth. For all I knew, Perth was like Sydney. Whew. And what was your was first? Im- what was your first impression when you got to Sydney? What was your first impression when you got to Perth? Well, to Sydney, it was during the day, and and I was waiting for this young fella who I had been pen palling with for years. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. For all I knew, he he naturally was missing one forever. But you know, and he said he would he would pick me up at the airport. My best friend, her roommate was Australian, and the roommate said, "Let me get this straight." your girlfriend is coming to Australia for the first time ever. And she's got a boy flying in from Newman to pick her up at the airport. And my best friend's like, yep. And she's like, I need a page out of that girl's book. What, <laughs> how, did, how, how does she do that? How do you do that? Look for the man with that with missing teeth. <laughs> I was going to ask the same, how and why? I don't know, it, everything could get, I don't know, worse that point I don't know how to say it but todo podía salir mal how would you interpret that Melanie everything could have gone wrong everything could have gone wrong no, I know I, I mean he could have literally been like Wolf Creek like some psycho <laughs> Ivan Malat praying on praying on backpacking I know backpacking. I could have been anything I know <laughs> I know and But we'd been friends for so long and we'd been writing to each other. And, and I was like, whatever, he's picking me up at the airport. I was 22 at the time. And and yeah, so anyway, so he picks me up. We hung out. Winter all wins. And I come back and I'm flying into Perth. Completely different scenario. I actually fly in at night. My family wasn't very thrilled. They're like, you're moving away with that dude. But everyone, my family and all of my friends for many, many years were like, 
like his name is very generic you know so simon johnson like a very like a very generic sort of name true and, blue name true blue yeah, yeah yeah no like a very you know it could have been like i don't know you know like a very common name and they thought i made him up in my head which is hilarious for many years they're like sure you have a pen pal in australia sure <laughs> sure you have an australian that can write we're not very literate in Australia. Oh my God. That's yeah. funny, funny that you mentioned that. Oh man, emails are atrocious. <laughs> but, but I understood him better through email than when I met him in person again. Well, you couldn't understand what he was saying. Again, I just was like, <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't, so you, had, you actually had trouble understanding Australians when you arrived. Well, no, him. Just, <laughs> not Australians, just him. <laughs> Well, the, the, the people that spoke so, in Sydney, so I does, found like... So does your husband realise how lucky he is? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a true Hills boy. He's a true Hills boy. He grew up in the hills here. I mean, he was born in Port Hedland, but he grew up here in the hills, um, you know, in Mount Elena. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, not everyone is like this, but Simon has got a real thick hills accent. There's a lot of uh, mumbling and speaking real fast and not quite finishing the articulation of words at the end of it in English. And then also having random words like arvo and sarvo, which I servo. came to learn. Av avo is, no, no, avo not, is servo. Servo. not servo, sarvo. Is, so arvo, so arvo's afternoon. I, I know, right? we, we, we've had an episode on arvo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And sarvo this afternoon. Oh, and he's one. not the only person that says it. There you go. Yeah, I learned, and I, so yeah, so. Savo, yeah, instead, short for yeah, so this Savo, Savo, this Savo, Savo. I know, I know, so lots of little things like that. And so when I first got here, it was pitch black. He picks me up at the Perth airport and it was dark and I get in the car and he drives and he drives and he drives and now there's trees and he's still driving. And now all you see is darkness and trees and driving and driving i'm going where am i going <laughs> you're gonna get, so you're gonna get buried in the ground <laughs> yep he's driving me out to the outback yeah but no it wasn't that far and he brought me over to this little house that my father-in-law had built from scratch and it's very australian very um corrugated iron you know made out of metal it's a true which blue is construction Everything in California is made out of wood. Got to move around for the earthquakes. Yeah, whereas you do that in Australia, it's a problem now in California because in Australia, we don't build things out of wood generally because it burns. And that's Fire. obviously a problem in California now with the, with the fires I know, I know. burning. Whereas where you are in the hills, people are, I mean, fires do happen, but people are, are sort of more aware of them and more, more used to that. And so the constructions are, are generally designed a little bit better for the, for the conditions. Yep. So yeah, so we come here. House is basically empty. There was a telly, a couch, a refrigerator, and a little bed set. And oh, and a washing machine. A that was it. What's a telly? Una televisión. A television. And lots of spiders. It was a true man's house. It was very simple. Lots of spiders as well. Lots of spiders. And uh, uh, well, Portuguese millipedes, I think they're called. <laughs> that's, how, that's what I was told they were called. Little, yeah, little black, little, little black things, especially during some seasons. They, they tend to be quite a seasonal 
they tend to be quite a seasonal thing. Because they so, invade the house. So, so you, so you had a bit of a, you had a bit of a, a baptism, a bit of a baptism by fire in your introduction to, to, to your true blue, Aussie, Aussie life. Yeah. Another, another thing was, I was used to driving automatic cars my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think I, I practiced a manual a couple of times with a, with a friend that had that had one and and I had a really terrible experience trying to get this manual BMW up this mountain in Santa Cruz and like it's slightly rolling and me freaking out and just <laughs> I didn't panic. try to do it ever again yeah it was a little bit of a panic I thought I was going to hit the car behind me yeah and I get here and my boyfriend at the time only had a XR8 Falcon so a very powerful eight cylinder engine car thing oh bogan car for burnouts which <laughs> i didn't even know what they were until i came to australia what, what's a burnout that's a great question so a burnout is when i guess because i've never really done it unless again i'm on a hill trying to <laughs> take off real fast yeah very accidentally is when you rev the car but you have your foot on the brake and the back tires spin and burn and burn rubber yeah maybe you do a donut with it yeah so you don't don't necessarily need to put your foot on the brake if you have enough power but yeah basically putting putting revving and dropping a clutch or putting it into drive and getting getting enough power to the back wheels where the back wheels spin and break traction and then burn rubber and you get the smoke coming off the of the tires that's what's called a burnout yeah a total waste of your tires which I, I, I often looked at Simon and said, do you know why I don't know what a burnout is? Because I don't think anyone in my family in Argentina would dream of destroying their tires like that because they need tires to drive around. This is a waste of tires. <laughs> it's not really something I've seen anyone actually really do here. I can't, I can't remember the last time I've actually seen someone do it deliberately. I don't think I've ever seen someone do it deliberately here in, in Buenos Aires. It's no, a waste no, of rubber. rubber. It's because it's, it's a, it's because it's a, it's a true blue, true blue bogan, true blue bogan thing, true blue People bogan go. thing to do. I was, I was gobsmacked. People go to certain arenas to watch burnout competitions. Oh, it's great fun. I, I die of an asthma attack. <laughs> <laughs> but, but embrace, embrace your inner bogan. Although <laughs> <laughs> oh, Simon showed the, me a burnout. I wasn't in the car, but he showed me a burnout in the first week or two that I was here. I was like, what are you doing? He was trying to show off. He was, yeah, yeah. I was it, in it's, the, it's, the Australi- it's the Australian mating call. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a burnout. The true blue Australian mating call. Check me out in my car. I'm like, what? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But, but yeah, so the culture shock was the manual cars. So. Yeah. Because we do a lot of country driving, so the manuals are very are actually quite yeah. useful. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we tried. He tries to teach me how to drive in the Falcon, which has terrible power steering, steering and, the handling. And, yeah. and, and, and the handling and the and the, the, the clutch is all the way in. And I'm only this. <laughs> but but the, the, the clutch is all the way in because he's he's doing burnouts. <laughs> it destroys the clutch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now he's trying to take me onto Great Eastern Highway, and he literally like shat himself a little bit was like she's gonna crash my she's car she's gonna crash my car yeah you're gonna crash my car so like within a few days we drove out to northam to some old boy's house okay real old boy and the, the little car was perfect it was a little ford laser all right manual 
and I think we paid like 400 bucks for it. Just for you. Yeah, Fantastic. and I just had this little Ford laser Fantastic. and I learned how to drive manual on it at the age of what? 22. There you go. So yeah, so that was my culture shock. I said, well, I'm pretty sure my family in Argentina has to drive manual because most cars in Argentina I, I are manual. I have a question. What yeah? is to drive manually? Um, what is a, ways to oh, drive? What is a manual it, transmission? It's un auto a cambio, no es automático. Uh, so when you have mm -hmm. the gear stick in the middle. So I've for, only, I think I never seen an automatic car here in Argentina. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember seeing one either. I no, think for the longest one... time, the law was that you couldn't have automatic cars because there was like a, I remember this, there was some sort of trade deal and oh. Argentina only had manual cars, but it's better. It's better economically because you actually save a lot of petroleum, a lot yeah. of petrol. In, if you if you have a manual car than if you have an automatic it's, car. It's definitely more also, efficient, yeah. And the gearboxes last longer because you're telling the car what to do rather than the car struggling up a mountain or, or whatever. So I think you have to import automatic cars in Argentina. My, yeah. my uncle's I think it's only, I think it's only the, the like the really Cheto cars that are that are ordered. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think they are very expensive. I have very like expensive. my car when I have to pasar el cambio, let's say how do you say that? The autom the say, automatic transmission. No, no. Um, the manual transmission. The manual transmission. I have to make like, a lot of. Uh, uh, mucha fuerza, let's say. You have to use a lot of really force. For me. It's yeah. an old car, and yeah, yeah, the clutch gets a little sticky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. problema que yo tuve con el auto de mi esposo at the time, right? Yeah, but you it's, got it really but you got used to it. But you got. Used oh, I got it. used to it, but. We long stopped driving the Falcon so, because so so your so your evolution into a into a true blue Aussie Aussie female that likes watching burnouts <laughs> and that can no, drive. I don't. <laughs> well, oh, I take no. I take that back. Then you're not a you're not a true blue. You're not a true. It hurts blue me. Aussie. It hurts. I just like see it and I'm like, oh, why are you wasting your tires? But you but you're <laughs> but you love spiders. You're not afraid of spiders, which I think no. is perhaps your evolution into a true blue Aussie. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Take a chance. Yeah, and the snakes don't bite you, so. I'm not really scared of snakes and spiders. I I, mean, I grew up in California. Rattlesnakes, tarantulas. Yeah, yeah but rat people think a rattlesnake is really dangerous. They're kind of not. I mean. Not as bad as a dugout, I don't no, think. Do you got some tiger snakes and brown snakes? Yeah, um, the fact that tiger snakes can like swim and fall off of trees really. Yeah. Really yeah, they'll hiss at you. You'll be riding around the lake and you can hear this hissing sound and there'll be a tiger snake in a tree. <laughs> sorry, sorry for all you listeners out there. But it is it is one of the it is one of the beautiful things about Australia. <laughs> but but I yes, heard but I think that if, there's it, even scarier than that. Yeah, that, I think um what they call the rockfish. Pardon? Oh, the stonefish. Oh. Yeah, they're very stonefish. deadly. That but they, but they're, they're pretty unusual. They're pretty. Well, unusual. if you're up north. Yeah. What are those? In the north of Australia, yeah, and mainly no, in Queensland. What so, are those? Uh, so they look like a rock, but they're actually a fish, and they have spines on them, and so um, they're quite poisonous. And then you okay. step on them. You step on them. And the, allegedly, the only way to survive is by sticking your foot 
in a boiling bat of water. Yeah, but I don't even know when the last time someone actually got stung by one of these is. No, I don't. But I I do find that really scary. That I'm actually scared of. (laughs) And salt water crocodiles. Yeah, the crocodiles are are something else to be. That backpackers certainly, well, not just backpackers, even one of my friends was unfortunately taken by a crocodile. So it does happen. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what would be your interpretation of 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 a true blue? What what would we could we could probably do this in a in a couple of in a couple of languages here? I I was thinking of like gauchazo or something like this. If you're talking about sort of in in Argent, Argentinian Spanish, someone that eats mm. a lot of asado, likes mate, things like this. <laughs> If you're a big gaucho, you know, sometimes you're a little bit rough around the edges and and, and I would assume you like to eat meat and I would assume you also like to drink your mate and and your fernet and, you know, um, I think a true blue bloke, what is true? Well, I think when I look at Simon, I think he's quite true blue. Uh, (laughs) He's got a falcon. Um, Sounds like a true blue, true, true blue bogan as well, really. Yeah, and he actually he he likes that title. Yeah, um, he like he loves it. And he's self proclaimed, so it's it's all good. Um, he r- loves riding BMX, you know, digging trails and and doing that, and playing footy. You know, country footy is a big one, or yeah. cricket. I think a true blue either does footy or cricket, or both. I don't know if you do both. Maybe if you're real keen, if you're real sporty. Um, yeah, true. I think a true Australian really likes his sports um it's cricket and sport i thought it was like it's the most boring sport on the planet no don't say that i'm sorry <laughs> i don't I understand it, a, it. i don't sport. understand it no soccer is much more boring much no, more. i think no, it's no, like no, no, considering no, no, no. chess as a sport it's well, like cricket is thing. like chess definitely yeah. it's a lot of strategy in cricket <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't answer that question because I don't. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I have four yeah, degrees, girlfriend. You gotta under. You gotta wrap your mind around this game. And it's like it can last five days. It can and, last a day or a and, few hours. And I'm going, what's going on? And then Simon will come up to me and be like, because then the schnicko. The, sh- <laughs> the, the schnicko. What is the schnicko? Some some. This thing with the sound that then but, tells you if the ball hit the thing and then you're out but or you're I, but not I, but out. I, but I tell you, I tell you what, and I and I say this from experience. You you have to have you have to have huevos grandes to play cricket compared to soccer. Cojones. Yeah, definitely. Big like, uh, yeah. I don't like, really think so. Oh, definitely, definitely, you do. Oh, so, oh so, man, so, it could be so, so dangerous. You could yeah. get hit in the head by that ball and so, pass away like so, that one guy. So yeah, like, so. It, so I think like I think two two weeks after that happened, I actually got hit between the eyes batting. And so I did my impression of a human sprinkler with blood spurting out everywhere. So I've been put in hospital twice playing cricket. It's not a yeah, joke. You can get real hurt. You it's not can get a joke. Whereas like soccer is really the reputation of soccer players in Australia is not is not very good, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> your, 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 react, your reaction <laughs> says it. People, people can't see your reaction on the podcast, but believe me, your reaction was not a, was not a good one. It said more than words it, ever, ever could. It's because I came from a big soccer cultural background to 
every Sunday I was at River Plate Stadium when I was in Argentina because we had a membership. Yeah, whatever. me too. When I was uh, like more like little, <laughs> more Younger. little, let's say, uh, yeah. than I am right now. Um, we went to the stadium like every weekend when I was uh, when I, since I was born when I till when I was um, I don't know ten or eleven years well, old. Why not, so why not go to the theater? It's better. Well, you can go to the theater there's, too, but there's there's, to le there's, the there's less there's less acting in the theater. <laughs> it's not about the action. It's it's about and the correct me if I'm wrong. But it's not the, sport then. The people are just falling over everywhere. No, but you you go to. If a I wanted to see people falling over, I have, could just. You have la barra. You have the singing. It's a whole the corruption, the bribing ritual. the referee. Well, yeah, well, well, that happens too. But but this is whole ritual. Oh yeah, that happens too. But that's not important. <laughs> well, no, because we have nothing to do with that. We're just spectators, so we're there to be together and. No, we just kill other different. spectators. It's all fine. Well, not if they're me wearing anyway. different. If they're wearing different colors, it's all good. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you, you have the barras for sure, but normal normal people, I'm sure, Odie and I were. No, no, that. I'm not. A... <laughs> we let them do that. We yeah. did, you know, we had platea seats. So, so, so how, how would you say, so, I mean, so maybe, maybe a true blue Argent, Argentina goes to the soccer games. I, I don't know. But how, how would you, how, would yeah, how, how would, how would you say that in, in, in other languages? So I, I would, I would call that like gacho, gachas or that kind of behavior. Some of that like soccer mate, things like this, asado. How would you say this in your other languages? What would you, how would you describe someone as true blue in another language? Uh -huh. Like if I was in America and I had to describe to my American friends or Californian friends, what I meant by a true blue, I guess I would say that they're more like a, you know, it's a very Australian saying. Like I, I, you put me on the spot and I can't really pin it down. It's it's when you're very, it's not really patriotic and it's not very nationalistic. It's 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 a very Something cultural. Thing. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it so, is very different. So so the so the the history it, it does come from a political background. The, the history of the term true blue. So so in in politics in in the Westminster system we in the sort of in most democracies you sort of have two two sides and most of the sides are blue and red. So it used to be it used to be that a true blue would be you would support the blue side, but in Australia it's a little bit it's a little bit different. So 150 years ago we we had a lot of immigrants come to Australia for for gold mining and things like this. Just like just like yourself and and I, we're immigrants to a to a different country, and this caused a lot of problems, a lot of racism and 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 things like this, a lot of different nationalities and all this sort of stuff. So they banded together on 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 a lot of these different mining properties, and one of the places was called the the Eureka was called the Eureka Stockade, and you will see this flag in Australia. It's blue with a white cross in the middle. So one of one of the things is one of the possibilities where this expression comes from. That true blue is 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 representing the the ideals of this representation of banding together of loyalty to your friends to ideas against authority against against the state. So that that is one that is one 
possibility of where it actually comes from. So, so things like loyalty, being genuine, honest, these sorts of things. What we would think fair dinkum is another is another one that also has a slightly different slightly different meaning and we're going to have another conversation about about that in another okay. episode as well <laughs> yeah so so i think it is generally a a, a fairly unique australian term yeah. in that regard but i and think it also going for the underdog yes so <laughs> so that's right so exactly in the eureka stockade it was literally the little miners against the government so the little man against against the big power. So so all of these all of these representations of of what is it to be Australian. So I, so I like I like this concept because it doesn't it doesn't matter your your color or your background or anything like this. You can be a true blue Aussie. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you do. It doesn't mm. matter if you're female, male, whatever. You can actually yeah. exhibit these good qualities. Of being a true blue Aussie. That's what I yeah. like about it. I can get back on. I can go behind that. Yeah, I, I I have experienced all those things. Yeah. But yeah, as I get back to what I think a true blue is. Is, is honestly, yeah, I, I think sports have a lot to do with it. But not so much food. No, um, it doesn't have anything to do with food. No, it doesn't. It's uh, it's it that comradeship. So um, I got Mate, into country mateship. Food. We would call it in Australia. Yes, yes, mateship. Um. I got into country footy because Simon played football for the same juniors and then seniors team here in Mount Helena since he was a kid and that getting together every Sunday. And, you know, it was, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. It's not just what you watch on the telly. It's what it's, it brings the people together and it's, a, it's, get, like it's a getting community. on the, getting on the beers together. Yeah. But I mean, it's not always, not, not, well, I mean the boys, but there are, you know, do you moms, get on, do you get, do you get on the beers? Moms, do you get children, on the, do you get on the beers with the wags? <laughs> I am now a wag. Aren't you I? are now a wag. What's, what's a wag? The wives and girlfriends. Yes. <laughs> so the of wags the are the wives and girlfriends of the football players or the sporting team or yeah. hang around together. But yep, usually yep. it's more than that. Usually they do all the fundraising and organize the club. They actually and do it, all the important it, things. Yeah, yeah. Well, recently I can't take um, any, any, <laughs> so, any like uh, anything any time before I was too busy going to law school. But recently, yeah, I jumped on and, and doing committee stuff because you know it's the sort of stuff us lawyer people do yeah. and we enjoy doing. Without without, boys, we, without women like, in the clubs, they don't function. <laughs> as a former president of a 40 club i can i can there you go you fact. said it here <laughs> yeah i absolutely 100 percent would say but that this is how true blue simon is on our first date in sydney he had bought front row tickets at i'm not sure which one of the two stadiums it might have been the scg or the other one the one of the main sydney is the sydney swans Mm-hmm. home stadium the brought, i think it's the scg yeah um i'd never seen footy ever had no idea what it was right you know boyfriend's taking me out on a date i have no idea what he's saying but we're going somewhere fine so we get on <laughs> get on a taxi we end up at the stadium and i'm like oh cool you know i was taking pictures front row seats and i'm just watching these guys play this sport and they're running around fast and there's a football 
but they're punching it and they're kicking it and now they're tackling each other they're and it is just other. mental there's yeah. that guy jumping on top of another guy it was like soccer and football like american football put together and it was just awesome like i i it was like rugby but better and i was like I don't know what I'm watching, but this is yeah, great. Australia I love this. football is is it, it's completely unique. There's nothing else like it. We we talk a little bit about it on on the show, but it is perhaps the most athletic sport in the world. Mm. Perhaps the mm. most physical sport in the world, and perhaps for the ladies out there, I know my mum. That's probably a big reason why she likes watching football is because the guys, because probably the guys are pretty are pretty good looking. <laughs> yep. I've never seen just short shorts in my life till I saw footy. I was like, what? Why are you wearing short shorts? Yeah. So they can't tuck on you. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, but it's also really hard to kick with longer shorts uh, as well. That that's actually yeah. there's actually a practical reason for that. If everyone knows that you kick in the schoolyard with longer shorts, it's really actually hard to kick to kick long mm. distance. So there's a practical reason for that. But my mum always says if they stop wearing the long shorts, if they stop wearing the short shorts, then she won't watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mum. What do you think I have an HD TV? <laughs> Hi, Mum. Thanks for, thanks for yeah, listening. Um, oh, well, you know. the um, But, yeah, it was it was one of those things. And how it was so meant to be. First day ever, front oh, row you, seat. You fell in love with him and Australian Sydney Swans. I'm watching the Sydney Swans flog, absolutely destroy. Um, that year it was 2012. A very new team, which was the other Sydney team, oh, the GWS. Uh, GWS, yeah. And so, I went, so, so, so now, so now, so now, the most important question that I have for you. So, so people that are, that are live in Perth will will understand this question. Are you a Docker supporter or an Eagle supporter? What is my WA team? That's what you want to know because my I just told you I'm a River Plate fan. So naturally, who is my Australian team? Think the about Sydney it. Swans. Exactly. It's so you def- so definitely culture. you can't so definitely you can't barrack for the Eagles then because they are blue and yellow. Uh-huh. So exactly. you have to be for the Dockers exactly. then. Good. You good, lady. The good lady. Good lady. So you so you you answered correctly because my whole family are Docker Docker supporters. So I was but also, I mean, can you well. tell what my favorite color is? Oh, purple. Well, there you go. You should be a Docker supporter. What's I wrong am. with They're you? They're my WA team. They're my WA team. You're, you're not yeah, you're I, not you're not just you're not just a true blue a true blue Aussie you're also a true blue Perthian a true blue Sandgrove Western Australian so thank yeah. thank you thank you for speaking with us hopefully that's been very entertaining for all our for all our listeners out there if you can think of a translation for for true blue or something or something like this in in your own language we would we would love to hear from you so from from those of us at the Australians Teach English podcast, the podcast by language learners with language learners for language learners, it's us saying goodbye. For more information about the Australians Teach English Institute, go to australiansteachenglish.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube at Australians Teach English.